Next, the golden days of radio. Hi, this is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring a complete episode of the popular detective program, Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons, plus Raymond Burr and comedian Don Adams with a Mr. Keen parody. Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, went on the air in the late 30s, where it lasted for more than 20 years. Here's an actual broadcast of the Mr. Keene program of November 25th, 1955. It's time now for Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons. We now present Mr. Keene. Tracer of Lost Persons, at this new time, every week, in a complete 30-minute mystery, in which the kindly old investigator brings us one of his most celebrated cases. Tonight, the case of murder and the revengeful ghost. Our scene opens in a well-to-do home in the suburbs of New York. It is late in the evening as a tall, good-looking man opens the door to one of the rooms. He crosses to his desk in the semi-darkness. Suddenly, he sees a sinister figure, a figure that instills horror in his heart. What? What are you? A phantom or a, a human being? Lift your head and show your face. You! You've come to carry out your threat. No, I... I don't believe you'd murder me. You can't. Don't come near me. No. You must be Lona Wade, the young woman who telephoned for an appointment here in my office. Yes, Mr. Keene, I am. Well, this is my partner, Mike Clancy. Pleased to meet you, Miss Wade. Say, boss, the lady's as pale as a ghost. Ghost? Ghost? Mr. Keene, I've come to you for help. My fiancé, Ivor Stacy's been murdered. He was murdered by the ghost of his dead wife. She said she'd come back from the grave to murder him if he married again. And she has. She has. Saints preserve us. What's all this? Miss Wade, you don't look like a girl who believes seriously in ghosts. I never did, Mr. Keene. But now I do. I know that people can come back from the grave and commit murder. I've seen it with my own eyes. Just what did you see? I'll tell you the entire story, Mr. Keene. I met Ivor Stacy eight months ago. He was a millionaire. And the most wonderful person I ever knew. He and I were to be married this week. Well, then he... He was killed practically on the eve of your wedding, miss? Murdered by a ghost, Mr. Clancy. Under the weirdest circumstances... Ivor had been married once before to a woman named Teresa. She died two years ago. Go on, Miss Wayne. She had an incurable illness, Mr. Keene, and she was sick for years. During those years, she developed a burning jealousy. She imagined Ivor was seeing other women behind her back. 
Uh, Ivo Stacy, the murdered man, told you all this, I presume? Yes, Mr. Keene. His wife, Teresa, became a shrew. She wouldn't let him out of her sight. She complained that he did nothing to help her overcome her illness. That he actually didn't care if she died. And was any of this true, Miss Wade? Oh, no. Ivo was faithful to Teresa. Until the end. But she didn't believe it. Then, on her deathbed, she made a horrible threat. She said that if Ivo ever tried to marry again, she'd come back. From the dead? Yes, from the dead. She'd come back and stop him. She'd kill him. And I think she did, Mr. Keene. Try to calm yourself, Miss Wade. People don't return from the grave. But I saw her. I saw a ghostly figure in grey that slipped out of Ivo's house just before I found his dead body. You really think you saw a ghost, miss? I saw something, Mr. Clancy. I was bringing Ivo a book he wanted to read. It was almost dark when I got near his house. And from the sidewalk, I saw his door open. And this... this grey woman walked out. Then she seemed to vanish in the darkness. You didn't see her face? No. But when I hurried inside the house, I found Ivo lying on the floor near his desk. He'd been stabbed to death. Miss Wade, did you tell the story of this so-called ghost to the police? No. I was afraid they wouldn't believe me. It, but it sounds so fantastic. That's why I came here, to ask you to help me, Mr. Keene. I owe it to the memory of the man I love to get to the bottom of all this. Suppose you take us to Ivor Stacy's home. I want to see just what the circumstances were. Oh, Mr. Keene, don't you believe my story? Yes, Miss Wade, I do. It's your interpretation of it that I question. But we'll soon find out a little more about your fiancé's murderer and the revengeful ghost. This is Ivor's house, Mr. King. Uh, Miss Wade, just where were you standing when the front door opened and the woman in grey walked out? Um... Right about here. Boss, look. The door's opening again. Yes, Mike. Very slowly. But no one's supposed to be inside that house right now. I'm frightened. No one's coming out, sir. But the door just opened and stayed open. Oh, Mr. Keene. And please wait in our car, Miss Wade. Come with me, Mike. Well, I'm no expert on ghosts, boss, but from what I hear, they don't have to open doors to get out of a house. They can walk right through them. I doubt if we're dealing with a ghost just yet, Mike. But there's no one here in the hall, Mr. Keene. And come into this room on the right, Mike. Now, this must be the murder room. There's a desk over there. What's this on top of the desk? Looks like a pad of paper and a pencil, Mr. Keene, sir. And the pad's been scribbled on. Sure, and someone's drawn a lot of odd-looking little diagrams on it. I'll keep this pad of paper for future reference. Uh, there's a door over there, Mike. Let's see where it leads. Boss, there's a man tied to that chair with a gag in his mouth. Here, here, I'll take off that gag. There. Well, thank you. There's a killer loose in this house. He tied me to this chair after holding me up with a gun. I was afraid he was going to kill me. I'll untie this man, Mike, while you search this house quickly. Uh, right, sir. Uh, my name is Keene. I'll have you free in just a moment. 
You're Mr. Keene, the famous investigator? Oh. I'm Alec Barnes. I didn't recognize the man who tied me to the chair. What were you doing in Ivor Stacy's home in the first place, Mr. Barnes? He was my business associate. His murder came as a terrible shock to me. About an hour ago, someone phoned my home. She said if I wanted to find Ivor Stacy's killer, I should come here. A woman phoned you? Yes, it was a woman's voice, Mr. Keene. But a very strange one. Why did you come here alone, Mr. Barnes? Alone? How do you mean? 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 
How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? How do you mean? Sorry? No, but hum a few bars and I'll fake it. You know, Harry, there are loads of good reasons to consider retirement. But you have to do it while you're still on active duty. I've always said, George, the more active the duty, the sweeter the retirement. Financial security, retirement pay, life insurance. Those are just a few of the benefits from the armed forces. Find out about all of them from your personnel officer. Yes, sir. One evening recently, comedian Don Adams presented his parody of one of the old shows with this takeoff of The Untouchables. Elliot Ness of The Untouchables. He was more than just an officer of the law. He was a man with a mission, a man with a burning desire, a man with one thought. Don't touch me. He had one purpose in life. Get Frank Nitty and put him behind bars. With all the violence that took place on the screen, it was never brought to light that Elliot Ness had a home life and a family. If you thought it was rough for Mr. Nitty, imagine what it was like for Mrs. Elliot Ness. Hi, Alan. Elliot who? Oh, hi, Kate. No, what's up? Oh, Joe and I were wondering if you could come over this evening and play bridge. Gee, that sounds nice. I'd love to, but uh, okay. I'm a little bush today. Hmm. I went shopping all afternoon. Uh, oh, and guess what happened? What? I lost my purse. Oh, no. Was there any money in it? Well, just two or three dollars and some old papers. Oh, were they valuable? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Just some old stuff we had in the safe deposit box. Elliot asked me to stop by at the bank and pick them up for him. I kind of got a feeling he was going to throw them away. Well, it's lucky for you there wasn't nothing important. Yeah. Hi, Alice. Hi, Elliot. Oh, hi, Kate. Hi, Elliot. Oh, honey, the kids wanted to know if we'd like to come over to their house tonight and play some bridge. Oh, no, I can't tonight. Not tonight. I have some very important work to do. The government is preparing his case against Frank Nitty tomorrow. Oh, Elliot, after all of these years of trying to get him behind bars, do you think this time you've really got him? Without a doubt. I've got him nailed to the wall this time. I've got signed confessions, proof of false income tax statements, phony documents, forged checks, all the evidence I need. Those are the papers I asked you to pick up at the bank today, dear. <laughs> those papers into the district attorney, and I'll be head of the department. Well, I think I'll get washed up and get ready for dinner. I want to get to work on those papers. That'll be enough vinegar, dear. Kate, Kate, what am I going to do? I can't tell him I lost those papers. You know his temper, how wild he gets when he's mad. Well, I have to be running along oh, now. Kate, please, no, please. Maybe he'll be too shy to kill me in front of a neighbor. <laughs> Kate, no, please, please don't go. You've got to help me. Well, what can I do? Slash my wrist. Oh, I'm too chicken to do it myself. Oh, I have to run now. Kate, 
Kate, please don't. Good luck. I'll see you later. All right, Kate, but that's the last cup of sugar I'll ever lend you. All right, dear, let's get those papers out. I want to get to work on them right after dinner. Oh, sweetheart, uh, dinner isn't ready yet. Why don't you just go in the other room and take a little nap? I couldn't possibly sleep, not with all that evidence on my mind. Well, then why don't you watch television or read a magazine? I know. Uh, why don't you take a walk? Uh, go to a movie. You're overworked, sweetheart. Why don't you drop in and see your brother for a while? My brother lives in Wisconsin. The trip will do you good. A few months away from the house, and you'll be as good as new. And then when you get back... I'll have dinner ready. All right, Alice. All right, I know your trick. Something happened today. Something happened today. What was it? What do you mean? What do I mean? What do I mean? I'll tell you exactly what I mean. I'm about to ask you three questions. The wrong answer to any one of which may disqualify us from further married life together. Okay? Your first category is dresses. Did you buy any dresses today? Okay. Your next category is famous battles. Did you speak to my mother today? No! Okay. Your final category... Is backs. Oh, oh no, no, don't tell me you lost my paper. You lost your paper. I asked you not to tell me that. Please, you've got to listen to me. Please, Elliot, give me a break. Take it easy, take it easy. Don't get excited. Just come over here, sit down, relax, and tell me everything that's happened today. I you went to the bank. You took the papers out of the book. And you put them in your pocket. And you put them in your purse. In your pocket. In your purse. You put them in your purse. Okay, then you got on a bus, right? And when you got home, you discovered that you had misplaced your bus. You had misplaced your purse. Your purse with all my important papers in it. How can you be so dumb, Alice? Do you know how many years it took me to gather all that evidence against Frank Nitty? What am I going to do now? I can never reproduce those copies. I didn't know the papers were that important. Well, did you look everywhere? Did you look in your pocket? No, the papers were in my purse. I was afraid to put them in my pocket because I was afraid I'd lose them that way. Well, look in your pocket. There's only one pocket on this dress, Elliot, and the papers aren't in there. Well, look. Oh, all right. Look again. Oh, Elliot, please. I don't understand. Why didn't you put them in the pocket in the first place? Well, what's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference? Okay, I will tell you what the difference is. I have been a detective for 15 years. And in 15 years, I've heard a lot of people call up and say that they had lost a purse. But in 15 years, in the whole history of the police force, have you ever heard anybody call up and report a lost pocket? <laughs> I don't understand it. Did you look everywhere? Absolutely everywhere. I looked everywhere. Well, what happened after you called the police? I didn't call the police. You... Didn't call the police? You didn't call the police? Well, what difference would that make? What difference would that make? I don't understand it. You're insane. This is absolutely unbelievable. You're the wife of a detective. The first thing you do when you lose something is call up the police. Well, what good would that do? What good would that do? They'd help you look in your pockets. They're good at that. Hello, Sergeant. This is Elliot Ness. I'd like to report a lost purse. No, not mine. My wife's. Uh, where did you lose it? Downtown. Downtown. Uh, well, how do I know where downtown? There are a lot of places to look downtown if you're really interested in finding a lost purse. Huh? Oh, uh, was it a small black suede? Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, was it a big straw carryall? Oh, how about that? Uh, was it a black alligator over the shoulder? <laughs> Definitely not that. Uh, yes, well, thank you. Wise guy. What did he say? He told me to call back tomorrow. They'd have a bigger selection. <laughs> That's what we need on the police force is funny cops. Did you look everywhere? I looked everywhere. Did you look in your pocket? Yes! Well, look again. <laughs> is that 
that'll make you any happier. I'm going to put on a dress with pockets all over the place. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to get excited. I'm not going to get upset. I'm going to remain perfectly, absolutely calm because I have a plan where we can work this whole thing out. We'll do it just the way we do it down at the police station. We will reenact the entire day from beginning to finish. We'll act it all out, and that way everything will come back, and you will remember. Now, what's the first thing that you did this morning? Well, I did a lot of things. Well, don't tell me act it out! Elliot, I can't act. Oh, yes, you can. Well, what's the first thing you did this morning? Well, the first thing I did was go to the bank. All right, the bank. We're in the bank. I'm the bank teller, and you come into the bank. Good morning, Mrs. Ness. Good morning. I would like to see my safe deposit box. Why, certainly, Mrs. Ness. And how is your wonderful, brilliant husband, Mr. Ness? Oh, thank you very much. I'll just put these important papers in my purse. Ah, don't you think that important papers like that would be safer in your pocket? He never said that! Well, shut up! What happened next? Then I went to the supermarket and I bought some fruit. Okay, we're in the supermarket. I'm the grocery clerk. All right, Mrs. Ness, here you are. Some peaches, plums, and pears. That'll be 84 cents. Oh, fine. I happen to have the exact change right here in my purse. Ah, I see you have some very important papers in your purse. <laughs> Don't you think they would be safer in your pocket? He never said that! Well, shut up! <laughs> what happened next? Get out of the bus! Okay, we're on the bus. I'm the bus driver. You come into the bus. All right, you shall step to the rear of the bus. You fair lady. Mm-hmm. I happen to have the exact change right here in my hand. Ah, lady, I notice you have some very important papers in your purse. He never said that! Well, they shut up! I'm sorry about the purse! It was just one of those things! Well, you should have been more careful! Three people warned you! The bank teller, the grocery clerk, and the bus driver! <laughs> my life with these important papers. You're going to get a reward, son. I'm going to give you a nice reward as soon as I find my wallet. Oh, my wallet. You can't I can't find a... your wallet Well, here? I have my wallet. It was right oh, here. Why my... don't you look in your pocket? My... Look in my pocket. Well, look again. Look, look again. Well, then go look in your purse. My purse. <laughs> Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.